This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we are privileged this week to hear as our gospel that magnificent passage in the 10th chapter of Mark concerning the curing of Bartimaeus, the blind man. The story, you know, undoubtedly preserves a memory of a real event. Richard Baucom is a contemporary a Protestant biblical scholar, but he wrote a, a wonderful book suggesting that when the name of a particular person is retained in one of these uh, biblical stories, so think of the daughter of Jairus, for example, uh, and here Bartimaeus is named. When that happens, Baucom says, it signals the dense facticity of the story, the historicity of it. It's based on something that really happened. Perhaps because that person, him or herself, is still around to have corrected and communicated the narrative. So let's say, I mean, let's presume this really happened. Bartimaeus would still be around as the early Christians began to tell the story, and he would have said, well, here's the way it happened. Or, no, no, don't tell it that way. This is how it really happened. But, as I've often said, these stories that are real, they, they tell real history, are included in the Gospels usually because they also have a powerful symbolic and spiritual valence. Put it differently, the Gospel writers aren't just um, journalistic recorders. They're great theological artists. So as they tell the story, they're also speaking at a symbolic and spiritual level that's meant to apply to all of us. This is a great example of this principle. So let's take it step by step. Bartimaeus is blind. Blindness in the Bible is very often a symbol of spiritual blindness. The incapacity to see what's really the case, the inability to take in what truly matters the incapacity to see the big picture. Blind people, those who are physically blind, stumble about. They're unable to walk confidently. Well, this is true of the spiritually blind. It's all of us to one degree or another. What is the goal of my life? What is the path I should walk? What are the obstacles I should be avoiding? Well, see, most of us, we don't know. We're lost. We stumble about. We don't get it. That's why all of us are meant to identify with Bartimaeus precisely in his blindness. More to it. Bartimaeus sits by the walls of Jericho. Now, Jericho is an ancient city, one of the most ancient on the planet. It was a city during Jesus' time. People really lived there. No reason to doubt that there really was this figure, Bartimaeus, sitting by the walls of Jericho. But... Jericho was also a city 
which has rich symbolic overtones for biblical people. Why? Well, it was the city that the invading Israelites had to destroy when they came into the promised land. Remember, they marched around it and they blew their trumpets and the walls came tumbling down. So not through military might, but through the power of God. Therefore, Jericho stands for the city of sin, the power of sin, that way of organizing ourselves that is opposed to God's way. It's the fallen city. It represents all those institutions marked by corruption and injustice. Remember when God calls Isaiah, and Isaiah says, but Lord, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. What he means is I'm a sinner, and I'm living in a city of sinners. Well, that's Bartimaeus, crouching here by the walls of Jericho. Do you see why? He functions as a kind of everyman symbol. But then we see his great virtue. He is a beggar. The spiritual problem today is that most people are blind, but they don't know it. They're blind spiritually, but they act as though they can see. They're focused on worldly goods, wealth, pleasure, honor, power. They don't see how blind they are to the truly important things, giving oneself to the grace of God, living a life of love. They tend to say, I'm okay and you're okay. They fall into a self-complacency. See, but that's spiritual poison. I don't care how much you've got in the eyes of the world. I don't care how rich and famous and popular, successful you are. If you've not surrendered to the grace of God, you are blind. How wonderful it is that Bartimaeus, a blind man, begs. He says, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He's probably heard of Jesus. Think of this charismatic rabbi. There must have been a huge popular buzz around him. Bartimaeus has heard about this famous person. He's heard that he's in his city. And so as Jesus leaves, he calls out to him. Notice something, please, in the spiritual topography of the story. Jesus is leaving Jericho. Now, Jericho, as we've seen, is the city of sin. But also, topographically, Jericho is in a very low place. It's, it's down there by the Dead Sea, one of the lowest places on the planet. Jesus, symbolically, is God having gone into that lowest place having gone into our sinful condition, now is going up to Jerusalem. Now that's, again, literally true. You go up, even today, from Jericho to Jerusalem. But now read it symbolically. Jerusalem is the city of grace. Jerusalem is heaven. Jerusalem is the rightly ordered city. Jesus has gone down into our sinful condition and now leads us 
out and up. See, Bartimaeus calling out to Jesus as he goes up to Jerusalem. Well, that's all of us. Sinners, blind, begging. That he might take us with him on his upward journey. But what is going to happen in that city? Well, the passion and death of Jesus. He's going up to Jerusalem. That means up to the place of his glory, which paradoxically means the place of his suffering and death. What an important spiritual truth is being revealed here. The way to satisfy the deepest spiritual hunger is to walk the path of self-emptying love. You see, you've got to move from Jericho to Jerusalem. But, but, you have to have sight in order to make that journey. You have to know where you're going and how to get there. That's why Bartimaeus, standing here for all of us, begs for vision. Notice, please, how we echo his words at the start of every liturgy. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. What Bartimaeus says is eleison me in the Greek, same thing, have pity on me. We are reminded at the beginning of every Mass, or we, we are compelled to be reminded that we are sinners. We don't have it in our power to save ourselves. We have to beg. Now what happens when Bartimaeus begs? Everybody around him tells him to keep his mouth shut. You're embarrassing yourself. Friends, don't expect a lot of support when you assume the stance of a beggar. I mean, that is just not a popular position in our society. No, we're in control. We're self-sufficient. Just do it. I'm in charge. No, but the spiritual life begins in the attitude of the beggar. Then Jesus calls to him. This is the all-important moment. Jesus heard his cry. He hears our cries, by the way. He summoned him from the crowd into association with him. I think I mentioned to you before that the word ekklesia in Greek, the church, is derived from two words, ek and kaleo, to call out of. We, the church, are those spiritual beggars who have been called out of the complacency of Jericho to walk now in the company of Jesus. What an important move that is. We affirm it now every time we come to church. We then hear that Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak. That's a wonderful baptismal image. In the ancient church, when you were baptized, you took off your street clothes. You were then put down under the water. Then you were brought up and they clothed you in a white garment. Friends, in every spiritual journey, there has to be a death. I mean a death to the old ways, the old attitudes, the old behaviors. There's got to be a death to our blindness. That's why in almost all the initiation rituals of primal peoples, some acting out of death is involved in bringing a young man to adulthood. 
That's why when a young man would enter the Benedictine order in the early centuries, he would lie down on the ground. They'd place a funeral pall over him. They'd sing the songs of a funeral mass. You see, he was dying to the old self in order to be reborn. That's Bartimaeus throwing off his cloak. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Imagine the Lord right now, right in front of you, asking the same question. This is not a worldly figure offering you success, not a genie offering you the fulfillment of three wishes. It's not Donald Trump promising you whatever wealth and power can acquire. This is the only person who finally matters, asking you the only question that finally matters. What is it that you want from the deepest part of your soul? And what a brilliant answer Bartimaeus gives. Master, I want to see. It is, of course, a petition for physical healing, but it's much more than that. It's asking for that one thing that finally matters. Spiritual vision. To know what my life's about. To know the big picture. To know where I'm going. Because listen, you could have all the wealth, pleasure, honor, and power you want. You could have all the worldly goods you could desire. But if you don't see spiritually, it will do you no good. It'll probably destroy you. Bartimaeus asked to see. And that's why at the end of the story, he knows where to go. He follows Jesus up the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. He begins to walk the path of salvation that will culminate in that great act of self-emptying love. Friends, that's the whole spiritual life. Enter into the dynamics of Bartimaeus. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.